you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Church. Setting New Year's resolutions and setting goals are very common in our society. And the goal of living healthy is no exception. We are taught to get regular checkups. They help catch problems early when they're usually easiest to treat. Review your medications with your health care provider. Be physically active. Exercise is good for the heart and improves strength and balance. Quit tobacco taking. It has a higher risk for heart attack, stroke, lung disease, throat and mouth cancer. Limit alcohol and avoid drugs. Eat healthy foods. Be sure you get enough nutrition in your system. Drink water and avoid sugary beverages. Also, they taught us to challenge your mind. Build a strong social network. All the above are good advice that helps us with health. It is said, you are what you eat. And it's no different following the proper dietary spiritual steps to have a healthy spiritual life. We have been looking at the eschatology relating to the local church, the ordinances and membership and so forth. And having established those basic and foundational teaching of the invisible church within the visible, let's look at some areas that are not foreign to us, but will be helpful as we are reminded when considering the markings of a healthy church. What are some practices that mark a healthy church? Well, firstly, a healthy church is marked where the Word of God is purely taught, heard, and applied. Again, a healthy church is marked where the Word of God is purely taught, heard, and applied before any religious rituals. In 1 Samuel, the prophet Samuel said to King Saul, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. True and genuine ministries are born out of paying heed to God's word. 
We pay heed to God's word because God's words bring life. In Deuteronomy 31, 30 verse 19, the word says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before your life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Whatever live, whether we live under the old covenant or the new covenant, we live with confidence on the seriousness of God's word. Another reason for paying heed to God's word is because all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, the equipping of the good work within the church and beyond stems primarily from following the Word of God. And since it's God's breathing on His Word, God's Word is reliable. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the Word of our God will stand forever. What's the level of the reliability of God's Word? Proverbs 35 helps us. Every word of God is flawless. And what in return for those who make God their fortress? He's a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Now stories have captivated humans since the dawn of creation. Verbal knowledge of God and His creation passed down the centuries to us before written language ever existed. And so God begins telling His side of His story in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. And Genesis 1 goes on to tell us that God's words have life. By His word, He created the universe. And he spoke the universe into existence. Eight times from verse 3 to 26 in Genesis 1, God states, God said, Let there be light to let us make man in our image. God's voice is the final authority and powerful in facing life's reality. And is sufficient to accomplish his purposes. Now it's easy to get discouraged and become discouraged by the brokenness and despair in our lives. Think of the times you've turned to God in desperation. Expressing your laments due to a seemingly hopeless situation. Think of those times. Think of the times you've turned to God in your medical journey or those obligated tasks that takes a toll on your body and your mind. Think about them. Or those ongoing financial struggles, your struggling businesses, or children who have walked away from God and shown no remorse. To whom do you turn to in those difficult, challenging situations? 
When the medical report says things doesn't look good, and your world starts to collapse around you with negative thinking, who do you turn to first? When the marriage that you look forward to for a bright future, raising a family, and one day the spouse says, we are not compatible anymore, I want out. Or having to do with a miserable spouse or a disobedient child, who do you turn to first? Well, the Word of God has the answer. Psalm 46.1 God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Yes, church, God carries His people along life's journey in the storms of life and He comforts them. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Many try to escape life by running away from life with alcohol and drugs, numbing the situation, only to wake up to find out the situation didn't change. Many fester resentments, and want revenge of the wrongs someone did to them. Many seek help by following logic and human reasoning and still comes up empty. Many seek mysticism of some sort, psychics and mediums. All the above do not provide genuine and proper help. Help is found in God's word. Sadly, Many advocate on behalf of the Lord with the mentality that Scripture is not sufficient and falls short with their own opinions and ideas. God calls them out in Jeremiah 23, 28, 29. God says, let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream. But let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what a straw has to do with grain? declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Church, God's word is powerful, it's reliable, and it's to be trusted for life and ministry. Again and again, Jesus himself held on to the sacred scripture over and over again in his teaching. Can we rely on God's word? That's the question. Can you identify your spiritual life with the word of God? This is the mark of a healthy spiritual person and the collective mark of a healthy church for 2023. God's book is God's voice. That's his final authority. To hear God's voice is to read God's book, for God's work flows out of from God's book. The Word of God precedes the working of a healthy church. Peter reiterates in Isaiah 48, he reads like this, For all people are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, 
and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You see, church, you are safe when you cling to God's word. His final authority is reliable and trustworthy. When David was in trouble, he held on to God's word. In Psalm 119, 105, he wrote, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He continues in verse 81. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. He continues, verse 89. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heaven. And he finishes up in verse 92. If your law, God's word, had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. David held on to God's word, though he was in big trouble. Immense trouble he was in. So a healthy church pays heed and clings to God's word for spiritual health. As heeding God's word brings life, heeding God's word also brings hope. <clears throat> God's word brings hope personally, and also it flows outward wherever you go. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. The marks of a healthy church starts with obedience. In Genesis 12:1, Abraham believed the word. He believed God's word. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And what happened? As he paid heed to God's word, his obedience expanded to the promised land. God's word is reliable for church growth and for expansion as well. The word of God is essential for the believer's faith and the functioning of his local church. It reminds us what happened when God's word came into the world in the person of Christ. God began creating a new society on earth called this church. We find in Ezekiel, there's a vision there that Ezekiel had from the Lord. When the people of Israel had believed that their hope was gone, God gives Ezekiel a vision to share with the depressed exiles in Babylon about the great resurrection of the nation of Israel will come about his people by God's word. And I read from Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones 
and said to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And, I, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them, they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. God's word. God calls Ezekiel to start preaching to this bunch of dry bones. And through the preaching of the word, God brings life to natural human bodies. From the brain, to the feet, to the muscles, the ligament, flesh, tissues, and skin. All come together from dry bones. Based on the word of God. His word is powerful. His word is life. His word gives hope. The vision of the dry bones in the con context reflects, of course, the way God called Ezekiel to speak to a nation that wouldn't listen to him. What he can do for them when they listen. In like manner, one day, in the near future, God will give the call of the dead in Christ that they will be resurrected with a new kind of body, Glorify bodies, no more of struggles of any kind, and no more of darkness. God's word will do it. He promised that. God in the resurrection, God is in the resurrection business when your life is being tethered and dismantled. What are you facing right now? What are you going through? What are your struggles? God do perform restorative work for his image bearers when we've made a mess out of our life or when someone is making a mess out of your life. He is in the restorative business. Scripture in Psalms 34, 15 tells us that God is very interested in your personal struggles. He's very interested in that. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears towards their cry. He's watching. And he's interested in your life, in my life. You see, Jesus never gave up on his brides. We must surrender and ask him to intervene and redeem what have been ruined. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of forgiveness. We can't bring beauty 
out of a mess. But Jesus can. We have a limited vision of our story. Not so with God. What's the rest of our story as we hold on to God's word? The book of Revelation assures us that in the end, Christ will dry our tears, redeem our past, and make all things new. Jesus has been creating a different kind of people since he came to earth. A people who show the life of God in them. And as they pay heed to his word, that brings life to the church body. Now, what should be our attitude as we serve in the local church? The Bible reads in Colossians 3, 23, 24, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving, not humans, not the pastor, not the elders. You are serving Christ. So as a healthy church, pay heed to God's word for its life and its ministry. A healthy church also practice prayers. Prayer is a healthy communication with God. And is to be taken seriously when we approach a holy God. It is not a ritual. It's hard talk with God. God has spoken to us in his word. And he wants his image bearers to engage with him in prayer. Prayer must be developed into a spiritual discipline. A personal prayer life is vital for the believer's spiritual health and is vital as well on the church as a whole, the local church, as we involve in ministry. In Matthew 27, 51, and Hebrews 10, 19, 20, reads, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. The believers, the scripture is saying that believers have access to the throne room of God. Nothing can stop us from going there. Every one of us. Prayer helps us to grow as a Christian and as a local church works together in ministry. Praying together in a local church shapes and fuels our hearts. And our prayers bring glory to God. The Bible is filled with accounts of how God hearing and answering the prayers of His people. In Psalm 107, the Bible says, They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from all their distress. When Hannah was childless, she prayed and God answered. 
When Jonah was in the fish, he prayed and God delivered him. When the early Christians were facing persecution, they prayed and God gave them strength to bear their persecution. Jesus taught us never to give up like the persistent widow when we pray. Now at the same time, at the same time in Jesus' prayer, he teaches us how to look at prayer requests. And this is very important so that we will not get discouraged when we pray. Don't be hard on God or yourself when some prayers are not answered to your desire. Heaven's desires come first. Jesus taught us in his prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven calls is first in our prayer. And when we pray, God acts on our behalf according to his perfect will, and we have to learn to accept his providence as hard as they are. Sometimes very hard. But you have to accept God's providence in our prayers. So a healthy church heeds, pay heeds to God's word. A healthy church practice prayers. And a healthy church also practice missions. In mission work, we get to tell the truth about Jesus Christ to everyone God gives us an opportunity to. Missions are taking the gospel across the boundaries, especially the boundaries of language. Jesus said to his disciples, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus said, I'm sending you. He said to his disciples, he was enough for each of them as they go out. And each one of us who say yes to him, he's still enough. He's enough to the team that went to Sri Lanka, who are there right now. He's enough for them. The gospel message is the means by which God is reconciling the world to himself, bringing redemption to all who will trust in Christ. And the gospel is the only means by which people are regenerated from eternal death to eternal life. So growing in biblical understanding and practicing missions affect how we pray. It changes how we think about church ministry locally and church planting outwardly. It changes how we think about the years we have or we may have in front of us to serve God. We count, we number our days. And we become more interested in the lives and the work of others as we spend time praying for the gospel work through the missions. Through this way, the local church unity deepens 
and grows as servants of the Lord. And you experience yourself as you work together in your work in the local church and in ministry and the mission out there, how closer it draws you in unity. Nothing beats it when you think and have the mentality you're working for God and not for one another. It gives a lot of joy. So missions isn't something occasionally and optional. It's an essential extension of what God has always been about in this world. To bring glory to himself through believers' hands and feet. God used our mind, our hands, and our feet in spreading the gospel. So what are we to take away from this message? It's very simple and basic and foundational. A healthy local church is a church that pay heed to God's word. A healthy church practice prayers personally and also corporately for the church and its ministry. A healthy church practice and supports mission. You see, church, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God can't keep you and the power of God can't use you. Amen? Father, you called us to spread the gospel and to proclaim your word. We pray that each of us will take your call seriously in serving and keep reaching out as opportunity gives way. We pray, Father, and we continue to pray for your leading and guidance as we pay heed to your word and to be a praying church and a mission-minded church. In Jesus' name, amen.